g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Down the side they come to the 400 metres and this jigsaw puzzle of the Battle of the Bush is about to find a new worthy contender as Vinaigrette is about to straighten up on the outside. We've got Lee Flea and in the inside in the centre there is Nick the Skip coming through and Smooth Move is chasing right on its heels. Nick the Skip, they go for it and Smooth Move comes with it on the outside under desperate riding. Nick the Skip battling back, Smooth Move. These two horses settle down to a great finish. The Quilpy New Market goes to Nick the Skip by a long neck, as well as another piece of the Battle of the Bush final for Brisbane has taken place. Smooth move. A great Exciting run. call there from Rob Luck, who, of course, is a part of Bush B. That horse doing the right thing by putters there at Quilpy on the weekend. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? Um, great, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you. Hello, everyone, as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news. And as Rob said in that call in the Quilpie New Market, which was a Battle of the Bush qualifier, the pieces of the Battle of the Bush jigsaw puzzle are starting to fall into place. We had two heats on the weekend with Nick the Skip winning there at Quilpie and Han Dynasty taking out the Man Isaac qualifier. Unfortunately, Jan Dow were able to only conduct one race on Saturday before the rains fell, and their Battle of the Bush qualifier that was scheduled for Saturday has now been transferred to Wandoan for their Cup Day meeting coming up on May 27. We also lost the meeting at Innisfail on Saturday. We'll tell you about that as we roll through the show today with some extra races added to meetings upcoming in the next couple of weeks in the north at Mariba, Innisfail and Cairns. And also on the weekend, the Bernard to the Beach series wrapped up at Bundaberg with Santorini Summer taking out the final leg. We're going to check in on that plus a whole heap of other news as we roll through the show today. And as always, helping us out with a whole heap of news on Bushbeat is that voice you've just heard in Rob Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And most importantly, uh, after your week away last week, Tony, I know you won't reveal the fishing sites, but were they a successful site for the weekend? Plenty of catches? The first site we went to was not biting. I think we must have been downstream of some of the uh, the fresh water that was starting to push the fish through. So we up camp on the second morning and moved to a more favourable spot, shall we say. And yes, pulled in a whole host of yellow belly and a few European carp along the way and had a, uh, a bit of fun and a, an enjoyable week away. So, yes, there are some uh, some photos floating around about uh, with me in gumboots. You know what they say about men in big gumboots? They have big feet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some interesting facts about European carp, you were saying. They're not very nice fish, but you actually bury them. Yeah, apparently they're an introduced pest, so uh, you catch them. Uh, it's not catch and release like you do with uh, some other fish or catch and eat because I'm told that they're not especially good eating. So, yeah, they end up going into a hole in the ground because you don't even want to leave them out there for the goannas to grab them and spit them out and chuck them back in the river just in case <laughs> something else happens along the way. So, no, good fun. I recommend it wholeheartedly to anybody. Uh, for your sake of your mental health, get out and sit by a campfire for a week. It's wonderful. Well, you... You were in the southwest corner of Queensland. I was in the southwest corner of Queensland, as you heard, at Quilpie. And a big thank you to Paul Dolan for getting me off the interchange, interchange bench and getting back behind the binoculars there. And I've got to say, Tony, they've got a wonderful facility out there at Quilpie. In fact, the stand, and I've heard Paul say this, and I know Keith McMahon, who's called there as well, he actually called before the old, uh, when the old stand was there and after with the new stand. It's the best country caller's stand that you could uh, wish for. Got great levels to it, two levels, good height and uh, air-conditioned comfort, and it's all enclosed as well. So it's really a good model for... And this is what I like to see when I go to country tracks, things that can be shared 
for other clubs. And, and there's plenty of um, models out there at the moment, but, but just by enclosing them like the uh, the, the Quilpy one, uh, they're doing a fantastic job out there. So uh, kudos to the club. And the other thing I really found noticeable, they've got that good mix as you find in the progressive clubs going forward. They've got that experience and they've got that youth coming through, led by President uh, Sam Bartlett, who, who looked after me for the weekend, Sam and his wife, uh, Courtney, who was doing the fashions from afar, and I got to meet a few of the committee members, and they're looking for ways to always improve. And, of course, we know that Quilpy has been the unfortunate circumstance, hasn't it, that it's missed so many meetings. It's uh, first race meeting in two years. It was meant to race two weeks ago when Paul was going to be out there. And... Um, we were lucky because the storms were hanging around. They came that night, but it doesn't take much rain. And I know in talking to some of the committee members that it's the, the sort of next goal to get work done on the track. This track can take up to 12 runners, so it's a really good feature in that southwest corner. And uh, if they can get that work done on the track to get some top dressing done off on it and particularly drainage, uh, it's going to go forward in leaps and uh, bounds. And, and I know Sam was even saying at the end of the day, maybe the date on the weekend is the one they will look to in the future, given that in the past it's clashed with a few things in the area, plus it seems to get washed out um, quite a bit. But um, even though there are only eight jockeys, and that's part and parcel of the jockey situation, uh, Tony, there was some exciting racing, none more so than that Quilpie Newmarket um, which was the Battle of the Bush qualifier. And, yeah, it's it's in, interesting, this jigsaw puzzle of the Battle of the Bush, because the quality of horse coming through in Nick the Skip is uh, very strong. He was in the Country Cups last year after a Roma Cup win. Um, as Shane Iverson mentioned after the race, the only place he'll run 1,600 again is a Roma Cup. It's, uh, he's not a 1,600-metre horse, the I'm Invincible, but he's in the right form. He's had two wins, two seconds, his last four. And Tyler Leslight was very strong through the line because Robbie Farr was chasing extremely hard on smooth move, and he's an up-and-coming horse. I wouldn't be surprised he ends up in that Battle of the Bush uh, with a heat win somewhere because he's a horse well and truly on the, um, on the way up. So it was an exciting uh, finish. And it also, of course, featured the uh, Mick Paulson Memorial Quilpy Cup uh, now, there was only four horses in this race, and the good thing about Quilpie, for a 1,600-metre race, well, 1,560, it starts in the home straight. You don't see it too often in the country tracks. But Stampede Warrior, he knuckled over badly at the start. Tyler Leslite stayed on board. Tony, this horse, if he's not close to... He, his nickname, by the way, is Little John, and you'll understand why. He's almost <laughs> 18 hands. Wow. He, he is a monster. He's at least 17-plus, but he regathered himself... And Tyler was able to just settle him at the back. And look, he just effortlessly moved up and took the lead and went away from Falave, almost six lengths, uh, back to Bohemia Beans uh, as well, another four lengths away in third. So now the interesting competition that took place, I noticed on the day, Robbie Farr, back from injury and forced layoff with some bruised ribs, Tyler Leslight, they lead the Jockeys Premiership. Now, after the weekend, Robbie's on 35, Tyler's on 30. Um, Robbie commenced the day with a race-to-race double. He got Rupert Tier up the last start winner from Augustella for James Hatch, and then uh, David Rewald's uh, horse, Wiki, the sidestep, another one of those winning. Uh, he got the race-to-race double there. Timmy Brummel interrupted the sequence because he got blindside home in the, one of the closest photo finishes I've seen. I think it took 10 minutes to get the decision. 
uh, over Purple Song after leading all the way and set, setting some blinding speed as well in that particular race. Uh, Tyler Leslite finished the day with the race to race double. The two features, Nick the Skip and Stampede Warrior. So that left that standing at 35.30. But then I didn't know this other little competition when I heard Amy Graham talking to Tyler Leslite in the jockeys area. She rode a very heady race on Gazman for William Pugsley. Had two wins its last four this DEFCON. Never been out to 1,200. And as Ross Tilley pointed out, there was only one mug in the crowd who suggested that um, it couldn't run 1,200, and that was me. I was <laughs> worried about it over 1,200. Well, it got up and won by a half length on Timmy Brummel's Mount Heroism. But um, Amy Graham pointed out, well, there's a competition with Tyler Leslie because they're gunning for the country apprenticeship award, the apprentices. And Tyler leads on 30, and Amy sitting on 25. So... There's a gap of five, whichever way you want to look at it, in terms of the uh, country uh, apprentice title and also the country jockey uh, title. So really good competitive uh, riding and competitive results coming out to Quilpian. When we talk later to a young lady, there's a new name on the scene, if you like, in this uh, premiership. And uh, this lady coming up a little bit later is only a couple behind Amy Graham after the weekend, but we hear more about that in a moment. Uh, because for Billy Johnson, the weekend was one of those champagne weekends because when we talk Battle of the Bush and the jigsaw puzzles, Nick the Skip fulfilled that at Quilpy, but Billy had to wait a little bit longer to hear the result of what he wanted to hear when we went to Mount Isa for the Battle of the Bush uh, qualifier where he had Hand Dynasty uh, linked in for that race with Dakota Graham on board. They start to stretch out, leaving the back straight, and it's Han Dynasty still in front. Louis the Legend going with him. Also Teddy Mercury, that makes it three. LaForce is starting to slide through into fourth place at the 400. Dukes County's going backwards with Teddy Mercury, and at the tail, Danaway. They come for home now, and it's Han Dynasty, Fadva, and then LaForce. It's Han Dynasty, Fadva's falling backwards, LaForce is in front now. LaForce takes the Han Dynasty kicks. LaForce is in front. Han Dynasty's kicked. Han Dynasty's kicked away. LaForce trying to get to him, but the visitor's going to get there, and it's Han Dynasty. Han Dynasty beat LaForce. Next in line, Miss Fabra. And by the sound of that very vocal crowd at Mount Isa, Rob, a very, very popular win with the $1.90 favourite getting up by a length and a quarter. Han Dynasty for Billy Johnson and Dakota Graham beating the Jay Morris stable mates of LaForce and Favre. Yeah, and the Jay Morris team going well. They've got two good runners there, so it's a no slouch of a win for Hand Dynasty. And look, I, uh, I can understand the crowd because if the Battle of the Bush final was run at, uh, say, Bundaberg, Gladstone, or Mount Eyes, or any of those those types of services, you'd be pretty keen to follow Hand Dynasty. He's got an amazing record that he's building. 11 wins, five minor placings from 20. One has won four of his last five. He's three from three at Mount Isa. He went to Mackay two starts ago, heavily backed on the grass, but ran fifth in a hot field, only beaten just over three lengths. But he is quite sensational on these types of surfaces. And uh, Dakota Graham, I think that's about win number three back for her uh, with the return to the saddle. He's only one out to the 1100, so he is another interesting piece of the, uh, the puzzle, as we say, for the Battle of the Bush final. But I'm sure Billy Johnson will have him well and truly ready for that particular final. So uh, it was a great day out for the Johnson stable and uh, for their uh, jockeys in there and Dakota Graham and Tyler Leslite. Uh, but Jason Babarovich continuing in. He's going in such good form. 
uh, Jason, that he is in the top 10 of jockeys uh, in country Queensland. 19 wins. He commenced the day with a race-to-race double, firstly, firstly with partner Melissa Berry with Baricello, and then with Turf Edition and Kerry Crow. That's a formidable combination, Kerry Crow and Jason Babarovich, and they continue on in their winning way. And we heard Matty Gray running second there on La Force. He didn't get that feature win, but he came off his treble last week um, with the three wins he had for the Schofield team and he kicked home the brotherhood for Robert Burrow, the spirit of boom that was first up on the day. And the other winners, or the other winner on the day, of course, Tanya Parry, uh, maintaining uh, a close tussle with Billy Johnson in the trainers' premiership, uh, had Sogni win for Keith Ballard in the benchmark uh, 50, defeating Count Michelin. And that competition for the trainers' premiership sees Billy Johnson sitting on 34, Kenya Parry on 33, and then it's back to John Manselman on 25. So we're really hotting up, uh, if you like, in terms of the premierships, whether it be the jockey, the apprentice, or the trainer. It's going to go right down to the wire, I've got a funny feeling, uh, this year, Tony. But uh, really good to see Han Dynasty adding that piece of the puzzle to the uh, Battle of the Bush on the weekend. As but I mentioned, the, um, Sorry, the qualifier that was at Chandowie, um was abandoned due to the weather and has now been rescheduled to be conducted at the Wondoan Diggers Race Club meeting their cup card coming up on Saturday, May 27. Full details on conditions at the RQ website as always, but effectively, well, you know it all, 1,200 metre open, apprentices cannot claim, restricted to horses that have started in a minimum of five country races. That's uh, tab slash non-tab in Queensland from the period of May 26 last year to May 20. 25 this year and for that one Doan uh, race meeting uh, noms will close off at 11 o'clock Tuesday of next week and Rob I mentioned the Innisfail program that was also abandoned on the weekend due to weather and state of the track after they'd had about 40 mils of rain uh, over the course uh, Thursday morning Friday into Friday afternoon uh, they've added now three uh, well, three no four additional races in the far north Mariba this Saturday gets a 900 metre maiden plate as well as a 1500 metre open, uh, each worth $10,000. Innisfail on the 27th of May gets a 900 metre Class 1 Cutis event worth 10000 And the Cairns program coming up on Saturday, June 3rd, 1250 metre Class 3 plate at set weights, $18,000 has been added to that as well. I know RQ are very proactive in ensuring that the prize money is not lost to owners and stables uh, wherever meetings are lost. And well done on being able to add a few extra races there in the weeks ahead. Yeah, and as I was mentioning with those um, premierships a moment ago, uh, in terms of that jockey premiership, it, it really is competitive. And the new names that are appearing on the scene, really exciting to see. And this uh, country apprentice title is going to go down to the wire with Tyler Leslight, Amy Graham fighting it out in front. But a new name on the scene. And what a weekend for this young lady uh, to come along at Bowen and achieve... More than one milestone, as she as is about to tell us, because when we looked at Bowen on the weekend again, the lady scooped the pool, and uh, if it hadn't been for Kieran Quilty, uh, she took one of the wins on hypothesise for Troy uh, Clive in the maiden plate, but the rest of the day belonged to this young lady that we've got on this morning on Bushbeat. Welcome to you, Brooke Johnson. Uh, congratulations on your four wins out of uh, the four rides that you had at Bowen on the weekend. Morning, yes. Thank you very much. It was a great day out, that's for sure. Brooke, there was more than one milestone you achieved because leading into this day, 
you hadn't even ridden a double, I believe, uh, before Bowen. So you completed more than one milestone. Uh, no, I've ridden, I think it's three doubles now, but um, I've never ridden a treble, so. So we start We start off, I've done my bit, I've mentioned the other winner on the day. <laughs> the whole program belonged to you. Did you expect it? Did you think that the odds were there? That How many winners did you think you were looking at going to kick home? Um, look, I did believe that Clint's were going to be hard to beat. Um, so I did think that I was a good chance of riding a double. But um, no, I definitely didn't expect to be able to ride all four, that's for sure. So we went from the double to the treble to the quartet of winners. And uh, let's go through them with you. And the good thing, too, uh, for you, Brooke, is it's not just with Clint um, Taylor, your master. It's for three different trainers. And it commenced with uh, Jenny Hatfield out of uh, Mackay with Spanish Spirit. Just take us through each of the wins for our listeners this morning. Tell us what happened in the class, too. Um, well, we were, like I had, so my instructions were to lead. Um, unfortunately, I didn't lead, so plan B. Uh, we got the gun run just just off the speed, third the fence, and uh, they all just peeled off the fence, and I just went straight up the fence and won the race. So pretty easy. But. Plan Bs are always important for jockeys, and you learn that. And I suppose it's one of the important lessons as apprentice to realise there needs to be a plan B at times. Absolutely, yeah. Attack Beal, this counter-attack uh, mare has always been quite progressive. Now six wins from 19, but she was first up um, since March. Um, it's only a half length in the end with Safina chasing hard, the open handicap. So she's a good quality mare. Um, take us through that again. She's always had speed. Was it a case of lead at all costs with her? Um, look, we knew that um, Safina is really fast. She's probably oh, one of the fastest around um, Central Queensland, uh, so I did think we were going to be able to sit behind him. Um, I've had five rides on the filly and I've led all starts, um, but yeah, to be able to take the sit on her was good. Um, I didn't really know how she would go. If they didn't go so fast in front, um, it probably wouldn't have suited us, but again, Erin um, Malloy came off the fence and we just went straight up the rail, fastest way home. So It it certainly is the shortest way home. And when you when you wait out for race three, look, you're wearing colours that I would say are the hottest winning colours going around in country provincial Queensland, the Rodney Hay colours on so Adelia. He's getting winners uh, left, right and centre. And it came off good form because it um, won its last two after winning and winning at Wandai uh, last run. So, again, a bit of confidence with this favourite going into the Class B? Yes, yeah. Look, she's a good little filly, a handy little filly. She does have a lot of speed. Um, again, I didn't think I was going to leave, but she jumped in front of the field and got really cheap sectionals and was just too good and pulled away from them, so... So a bit of progress there for that filly? Yes, for sure. Look, she's only a small filly, but, yeah, she's definitely got much more improvement, that's for sure. Um, of course, then, Kieran, who's uh, new to the scene up there in North Queensland, kicking home hypothesise, uh, didn't interrupt your win because you could call it the perfect day. You, your mount was scratched in that race, so we can't say you rode the program, but you you rode your program when you lined up for Aidan Abet. Now, this time for Joshua Manselman, 
Uh, and again, fairly uh, decent odds for this Adelaide five-year-old. First run for the stable. Um, were they confident with this win? Well, look, I had a look at the form and it had, like, it has pretty good form. Um, it ran eighth behind Rovers Tepper and it had rocky form. So it did have the best form in the race. So if all went its way, it was going to be hard to beat. Um, they were pretty confident. Again, I took the sit on it. I was probably a little bit far back at the jump to where I would like to. Um, Bowen is an on-speed track. Uh, so... I was just able to track up behind them and, again, got the perfect run, had plenty of horse under me when the corner came and the gap opened again and, yeah, we were too good. So. And Bowen is a decent straight too with the track there to give you every opportunity in that run to the line. Yes, yeah, and it's a really nice corner too. I'm really not sure why they were rolling off, but um, it suited me in the end, so... Just tell our listeners your background coming into uh, race riding, show jumping has, has been your path uh, coming forwards. And tell us how you ended up with Clint Taylor. Um, yeah, I've look, my mum's always had horses, so I was basically born in the saddle. Um, I've show jumped from a young age, champ, uh, state, national championships. Um, COVID put a bit of a stop to that. Um, I lost a bit of interest in the sport because um, there wasn't any competitions, but... Yeah, I started running track work. Uh, then I signed up to Benny Creer as an apprentice and uh, just a few months back uh, moved over to Clint. Um, he was giving me opportunities while I was with Benny, like with race rides. He's been my number one supporter, which I'm really appreciated of. Um, and, yeah, just better opportunities, made the move, and, yeah, it's been the best move I could have made. How many winners are you up to so far, Brooke? Um, 29. And your goal with your apprenticeship at this stage, is there any rush for you to consider uh, getting to that provincial level? Are you really benefiting from the country experience? I'm really liking the country experience. Um, the more experience, the better. Uh, I was contemplating outriding my country claim, but it is 80 winners, so whether that's too far, um, I would at least like to outride my two. So that's 50, so just 20, 21 more winners. But, yeah, I'm in no rush, that's for sure. Tony, one thing I noticed with all apprentices, they can always tell me what number of winners they're up to. <laughs> and and uh, Brooke and I had a little bit of a pre-run to this, didn't we, Brooke? Because when we were at Bar Calden for the Tree of Knowledge Day, Brooke were just minding a business standing near the fence and there was a protest hearing uh, going on a little bit. And we threw, put the microphone underneath and she just impromptu told the crowd everything about uh, the career so far. I'm really impressed, Brooke, with how you young, young jockeys are handling any media engagements. You're doing a great job with it. Yes, thank you. Um, well, it is probably a bit of a credit to... Um, Shane Scriven and Jess McKay. They just recently they put all of us apprentices through a bit of like a media um, workshop kind of thing. And yeah, I really do think it has helped us all a bit. So, and you're a lightweight jockey too, as well, which uh, is around 50 kilos. I was reading the article, of course, Gary Dell put on uh, Race Q, and uh, a lightweight jockey around that 50 kilos. So you'd get plenty of opportunities, and you're starting to as well. Yes, yeah, I've been nothing short but opportunities. I can't be any more thankful to the trainers that have given me opportunities. But yeah, it does make it does make it a bit easier on my behalf being so light. Like I don't really have to watch my weight, which is really good.
Before we let you go, where are you off to this week? Emerald. Em- Emerald this week. And I had one yeah. other question, if you don't mind, Tony, that read in that article, it says here that uh, you're content living by yourself and a dog. And being a dog lover, I've just got to ask, what's the breed of your dog and, and the name, Brooke? I have a mini foxy. His name's Peanut. He's about, <laughs> he's about six months old. Uh, they're good. They're good company, aren't they? And being a mini foxy, plenty of activity, I would suggest. Yes, he keeps uh, me on my feet. That. That's for sure. It's great that you've uh, had that uh, historic weekend uh, for you with those four wins. We look forward to seeing uh, more of your wins uh, over coming weeks. And great to have you on Bushbeat this morning. Good luck at the uh, Emerald meeting on the weekend. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Brooke Johnson there, and wonderful, Rob, to be able to continue to spotlight some of these up-and-coming apprentices. Time is on the wing. we better get into the other series that completed on the weekend. The 2022-23 Burnage to the Beach series wrapped up at Bundaberg. 500 out now. True Tally takes over with Lipstick Lies and Santorini Summer is bearing down on them in the outside now and they were followed by comments. James Attili drops off and Hustle's going to hug the rail into the straight True Tally but here comes Santorini Summer. Santorini Summer 200 out takes the lead. True Tally tries to fight. Comments is running on down the outside but Santorini Summer shooting clear on the sand. Six lengths in front. Santorini Summer is going to beat home in second spot. Oh, that's very close. Comments on the lines put in a big... Yes, Santorini Summer taking out the last leg of the Burn It to the Beach series and in doing so, did uh, really, uh, Rob, sort out what exactly was going to happen when it came down to the wire. We left you the uh, the points tally last week as to who was leading who and it looked like it was going to be a, a fight. Well, we knew James Atelier had picked up the horse's title because he couldn't be caught even with 10 points for the winner there in Santorini Summer, but it was pretty tight with the jockeys and for the trainers going into that last leg. Yeah, thank goodness you're in charge of the uh, the point series, Tony, at the Burn at the Beach. We'll wrap all that up uh, finally in a moment. But uh, And James Atelli, yeah, uh, coming in at the tail of the field there. But uh, Jared Wessel's with us again this morning. Welcome back to Bush Beat, Jared. And Santorini Summer, a dominant winner in that Burn at, uh, to the Beach. And the, the leader or the winner of it, James Atelli, uh, tailing out at the end of the race. Yes, uh, morning, Rob. Morning, Tony. Uh, Santorini Summer, he was terrific with the big weight on Saturday. I thought 60 kilos, and he just was able to work his way through the field coming towards the turn. He got to the outside, and he's strong at the end of 1,212 metres. So we raced right away late uh, after running second at Sangul last start. I did speak to a couple of the connections of James Atelli, uh, and uh, there was an issue there. I believe he was galloped on, or gall- might have galloped on himself at, uh, at a point in the run. So uh, I think that's an excuse there for him because on face value, dollar eighty favourite, beating some 37 lengths. Uh, it looked a little bit too bad to be true, so uh, I think it'll certainly be worth forgiving James Atelli out of that performance on Saturday. Yeah, I did see yeah, something in the stewards' the report there that he did weaken and, yeah, post-race veterinary examination uh, had lacerations to the offside four cannon and he was showing a little bit of lameness. So uh, Gary Clem has to provide a vet clearance before James Atelli can race again. So at least there was, um, as you say, Jerry, there was excuses there, but it didn't stop James Atelli taking out this series. But at the same time, there was a good battle there between Shania Willis and Kelly Gates for who was going to end up with the uh, the jockey title. 
Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Santorini Summer uh, with the 60 for, for Kelly, able to, to get over the top of uh, Shania Willis, uh, who went closer early in the day. Yeah, unfortunately, she had to, to share the spoils uh, in uh, an earlier race with Brazetti dead heating with Dawning Princess. But uh, good to see the two girls going to the nail in that, uh, that Burner to the Beach race, uh, race four on the program. Yeah, those final jockey points. Shania Willis on 41, Kelly Gates on 40, right down to the wire. But James Italia, commanding winner. And uh, Danny, the same with the uh, the trainer that you've you kept these points so well. Uh, Bob Murray on 44, Gary Clem on 37, and Kim Afford on 26 to wrap up another exciting finish. But, Jared, if it hadn't been for Morgan Butler and um, Adam Spinks riding the last two races, again, it was going to be a girls' day out at Bundaberg. Yeah, it certainly was. They started off uh, on a flyer, uh, the girls taking the first four races. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Sophie winning the first, Sophie Bunn winning the first. Shania Willis taking out race two. Uh, so she did have to share with Damien Boutet, but uh, Nicole Villa, of course, won race three. And, and then Kelly Gates, as we just mentioned, race four. But uh, yes, it was the, the boys of the four later on in the program. Uh, Divine Falls, the commanding winner, has an even money favourite of race five for uh, George Shutek and Morgan Butler. Uh, $2 uh, the official starting price and he was never in, in too much concern there. He drifted towards the middle of the track and he was much too strong for them late. And Again, why Tarkareo, we know he's got a, a real loving for these sand tracks. He was able to get out in front and just controlled the race perfectly there, Adam Spinks. Uh, Vanasta went off a long odds on favourite. Yeah, she sort of had to track through behind Waitaka Ray. She had wrecking ball to her outside and they raced uh, quite close and compact uh, throughout the majority of that race and Waitaka Ray was just able to uh, steal enough of a march into the straight to, uh, to hold on and win by just under half a length. Yeah, Vanasta's a proven uh, mare, has a great uh, record and of course we know Brett Moody... Uh, a keen part owner, owner of uh, Vanasta, but uh, that winner, as you mentioned, has a real love for the sand, and when it gets out to 1,600, could be the Roma Cup horse down the track. I was really surprised the odds when I saw it, Jared, $5 for that uh, Waitaka Ray. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, as you know, Rob, these, uh, these horses that have a real appreciation for the, the sand tracks, uh, you know, you can't buy that uh, sort of... Uh, experience and uh, and the enjoying that of that uh, that ground underfoot. So uh, again, you're right. Probably five dollars went off uh, a second outsider in the field behind the Cusco Lad. It was an eleven dollar chance. Probably over the odds. Uh, always there's a lot of respect in the market for uh, the Daryl Gardner runners uh, when they're on the track there at Bundaberg. But uh, yeah, for any of the uh, the punters on course who were able to to lock up the five dollars Waitaka Ray, they'd be happy with themselves when he passed the post in first. That's for sure. Rob, don't worry about Mr. B.M. Moody as a part owner there of uh, Queen V. Van Asta. Worry about Mr. J.M. Wessel, who's a uh, part owner there as well in amongst all of the uh, the larrikins that are part of that KO racing group. I'm sure there's more winners around the corner for KO Racing. They're going extremely well. Uh, congratulations, Jared, on, on uh, being part of that group. I know there's always good celebrations afterwards when you do get the win. Oh, you're not wrong there. I tell you what, there are... Uh... They're a, they're a mad crew, that crew. So I fit in uh, well and truly uh, alongside them. But uh, we, have, we have lots of fun. Uh, I was on track when she ran a, a terrific second in the, uh, in the of course, the Country Cup final last December. And yeah, we had some fun that night. Uh, it's where we won, uh, <laughs> the way we enjoyed ourselves. But uh, no, there's always plenty of fun times with, uh, with Toby and, and the entire uh, KO racing team, that's for sure. Is that all of the uh, the Bundaberg results, Rob, that we had to roll through? Yeah, we've uh, we've got Bundaberg well and truly. And where do you head next, uh, Jared? And when's Bundaberg on next? 
Yeah, so we don't race at Bundaberg again until Cup Day, which is the uh, the 29th of July. So a little bit of a break. I know there's going to be uh, some uh, track renovations in that time. So looking forward to having our surface uh, in tip-top shape for uh, Cup Day in late July, the 29th. And I'll be up at Upton and Ango next Saturday, tab meeting out there. So looking forward to that. Uh, six races and, of course, there's going to be a, a Battle of the Bush qualifier as well out there uh, on Saturday. So uh, plenty of good racing at Nango this week. So... Make sure you tune in uh, on Sky Racing uh, right throughout the, across the uh, the program. Good on you, Jared. Good. Thanks for joining us to uh, wrap up what happened there at Bundy on the weekend. Terrific. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Jared Wesley reporting in from Bundaberg. Time on the wing, Rob, so we're going to have to dash shortly, but I just want to highlight, yes, the Burnett to the Beach Series, uh, as you uh, outlined, Bob Murray with 44 points taking the trainer's title again. Shania Willis just outlasting Kelly Gates this time around on 41 uh, to 40, and uh, James Atelli with 37 points, the uh, horse of the year for the 2022-23 Burnett to the Beach Series. Uh, Jared mentioned there that there's a uh, Battle of the Bush qualifier on Saturday at the Nango. There's also qualifiers at Cunnamulla Emerald, Home Hill and Mareeba. Emerald, uh, as Brooke Johnson said, where she's heading to this weekend, that's also Emerald Cup Day. Home Hill also features the Burdekin Cup on their program. And the next leg of the uh, Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Up and Coming Stayers Series is going to be at Mareeba this weekend. The other non-tab meeting will be at Mount Isa with the next heat of the uh, Outback Racing Showcase Series. And that's not forgetting about the uh, tab programs that are coming up through the week. Thursday at Rockhampton, Friday at Townsville, Saturday Nanango, as Jared mentioned, as well as Toowoomba. And a shout-out as well to Chinchilla. Their tab meeting is coming up Tuesday of next week on the 23rd. So some more great racing on the way. There certainly is, Tony, and those uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces will fall further into place for Battle of the Bush. And just very quickly wrapping up the picnic racing circuit at Oakley, or Corinna as it's more affectionately known. Uh, great results coming out of there with uh, three horses, in fact, getting dual wins on the day. Kokum, Gift, Papilio and Ecstatic and the Corinna Cup going to Aragold, all names that we know from the past. But uh, great results for Sam Nisbet, the trainer, uh, getting five winners across the day. And I even picked up on the premiership table in Racing Queen, uh, Racing Australia. You can find the details of the leading trainer, who's Frank Manwaring, with nine wins over the, uh, the season. And David Owen with the... Uh, uh, with the picnic uh, results there, the leading jockey as well. But uh, Sam Nisbet filled me in again yesterday with how good a weekend it was at the picnics there with the great number of horses. So that level of racing is also very healthy in country Queensland. And we look forward, Tony, to being back again next week. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au, any details of country racing, and we'll continue to update the Battle of the Bush Jigsaw puzzle as it goes further into the series. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck, Jared Wessel and Brooke Johnson for joining us on Bushbeat. If you missed any of the show, as always, the podcast available through the Radio Tab Twitter page at Radio Tab Oz. And we also put the link up on the Regional Cast Facebook page. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this weekend, especially those Battle of the Bush qualifiers at Cunnamulla, Emerald, Home Hill and Mareeba in the Outback Racing Showcase Series heading to Mount Isa. We'll be back next Tuesday at the same time to report on that and a whole heap more on Bushbeat.